0: morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. This is for the week ending Sunday, August 16th. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, number one, the nuclear winter of the sixty forty 40 portfolio. Uh, extreme, but I think it is valid. Bond prices are going down. Am I being vague? Uh, say it ain't so. No football. I'm getting nervous, uh, but I'm glad I own esports stocks. That might be uh, coming to the rescue. Uh, And I've seen anecdotes of it becoming a D1 sport. So it's becoming real. And uh, thank you, John, James, Merv, Charlie, for your questions. Uh, I love it. But, ladies, can you please pick up the pace? I'd love to hear from you and see uh, what you want me to talk about. So it isn't just a guy's show. Anyway, here we go. uh mike uh my son jack was here last week thank you for your your extra work you know having the two of us great show uh, uh i love the kid i miss him uh he's in in new jersey right now at ubs and it's too quiet in the house i'm officially an empty nester <laughs> we're an officially empty nesters and frankly it bummed me out last week so i was i, was, I wasn't my usual jovial self yeah. but anyway uh he's doing a great job of, of promoting the show Um, and uh, I I also want to thank uh, Samuel M. from Chicago, uh, Barry P., Daryl C. from from Pennsylvania for subscribing to my YouTube channel, Uh, and uh, also do me a favor. I'd love to hear your voice uh, asking the questions live, so if you could tape your questions uh, on your voice memo app and email them to Bakes at BakesTakesPodcast.com, I think it'd be kind of a cool addition to the show. I would be um anyway uh this is uh, john c from pennsylvania uh old friend of jack's and uh asking about uh s p resistance and uh, poor mike has heard this so many times but he's going to hear it for the 40th <laughs> time uh, the the the, uh, the charts up here 338 is the is the spy resistance that's the etf that represents the s&p 500 also known as the spx Uh, 3380 is the obviously the multiple of, of, of what the spx is uh it's it's wedging up uh volume is receding overall the down day volume is greater than the up volume are you sick of this yet mike okay yes you are but that's okay uh, uh, and, and John's asking about, you know, what does it mean about the S&P, you know, retracing everything and, and what have you. Uh, I think CNBC is playing this up too much in my opinion. And, uh, here's why the bottom line is that if you own the SPY at the beginning of the year, you up 5%. Eh, it's okay. It's especially since we've been going through a pandemic. Uh, but it's 5%. I mean, that isn't, you know, that isn't, uh, get me going that much, and there's a bunch of reasons for that. We'll get into about you know the big guys you know leading the, the the charge to the upside, but I'm I'm watching this intensely. It's it's more if and how we hit new highs rather than do we hit new highs. Uh, what's the volume? Is there a follow through on the on the ensuing days? Uh, is it a? Uh, I think the uh, closing at new highs is way more important than an intraday new high, for example. Uh, I promise to keep you in the loop. The market seems tired to me, uh, and I'm going to stick with Sue, uh, my wife, and also uh, uh, my acronym for the portfolio, Silver, Uranium, and Esports, which is uh, working pretty well so far. Um, This goes into some other questions that have come up, but I put it here. The S&P 500 is really concentrated in uh, uh, the, the five biggest stocks, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, uh, alphabet and 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 Facebook more so than the prior extreme in uh, in March of two thousand. Uh, and I get a, I'm just one of the things I dazzled by is Microsoft being the only name that's still here after twenty years. I just think that's incredible and uh, uh, but so you you have the generals uh, that are doing really well, and I think the corporals and privates are not doing very well and uh to have 21 22 23 percent uh of the s p index in five stocks is uh things have to keep going right for them and we'll, we'll see if that happens uh john you know you asked if i worry i don't worry because i have the scars i have a plan and i have a cell discipline which i've gone into the past and i'm happy to do so in the future because i don't want to lose a lot of money i'm not going to ride anything down 80 percent like is what happened in the prior times with the tech stocks when we were here i just won't do it i i will just be unemotional and I will old yellow them and uh and and I'll cut them you like the old yellow reference I did yeah uh and just to for you youngsters out there it's an old Disney movie and old yellow spoiler is a, alert uh, oh sorry 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 spoiler <laughs> alert good call good call uh uh old yellow great dog and he's wonderful but then he becomes rabid, and uh, Timmy, whatever the hell his name is, has to go out and, and shoot him. That those are those are stocks. Stocks are great when they're when they're in your lap and 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 uh, you know bouncing around. And it's great, but then if they start foaming at the mouth, you have to take them out. And uh, that's a graphic description. But I you know I hope this helps. And please respond if I need to expand or clarify. Uh, and and Peta, I'm just you know it, Disney made the movie. It was years ago. I had nothing to do. Uh, no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Charlie S from Pennsylvania said, "This is great. This is I just, just copy the damn things. I like it so much." Uh, an email. Thanks for another great episode, Bakes. Thanks for another great episode and nice guitar skills which uh, I play guitar as you probably have learned. Some fat guy got in and, and, and took over my guitar equipment uh, in the basement. My son taped me. Uh, Jack, I mean, uh, uh, Mike and I really couldn't find a, a, a music that we really liked uh, for the intro and the outro for the show. So I made one up and I played it and it's on there. And I, you know, uh, I'm not the best guitar player in the world, but I have fun with it, and uh, if only some, my son Jack was as talented as me, that's maybe something to that. Uh, he has a couple of questions. Okay, what are your views on SPACs and their recent popularity success? And uh, I won't read all this, but, you know, what do you think of, of the U.S. dollar losing its dominance as a, as a, rever- a reserve currency? Uh, he says, thanks a lot. I'm a big fan. Look forward to the Bakes Takes website. That's my bad, Michael. Get on that. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, all the best, Charlie and um uh SPACs, uh, uh I would go up to one chart if you don't mind oh that's great thanks uh and this is from 2 weeks ago uh mike uh and it's 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 you know i love the interactive nature of this where you know uh we have feedback loops now with uh, mm-hmm. with our fans and it, it's good for me and uh, i hope for everybody uh spack activity has reached all time highs and uh, that's from the July 25 show. This chart that came from Renaissance Capital, and I'm just going to point out, uh, you know, the last time it peaked was in 07. That matches a stock market peak, and the low was zero spacks in the in the market low of 2009. Here we are at 59 and counting, and we're at a stock market high. So past doesn't have to be prologue, but it isn't bullish. It just flat out isn't. Uh, and Barron's uh, uh, had a cover story that we've talked about before with Bill Ackman raising $4 billion in a SPAC. And it just feels really frothy to me. So uh, I don't own them, I'm not interested in them. I think they're a contrary indicator. If they're popular, I wanna start fading stocks. And uh, it just doesn't bode well for me. So, and uh, this chart I think speaks for itself. Dollar is a reserve currency. Uh, uh, You know, I'm not a big macroeconomic guy because there isn't a way to make money from it, which is what really interests me. But you asked the question, so I'll give you my thoughts. Uh, I don't think the dollar is going to lose its reserve currency status anytime soon. Certainly not to a fiat currency, okay, one that's basically printed by governments. Which one would you take? Would you take the euro? I wouldn't. Would you take the Chinese yuan? I wouldn't. Uh so the dollar as imperfect as it is is still the reserve currency used to settle oil, gold and 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 so much of international trade, okay? Now, uh a podcast that for the life of me I couldn't find but came up with a fascinating thought. Uh obviously crypto is viewed as a potential uh replacement or augmentation of 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 traditional uh fiat currencies that that governments print. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bitcoin uh, went through 12,000 yesterday, for example. Mm. And uh, this fellow, and I can't remember who it was. So if you've seen the podcast or heard the podcast, let me know. But he suggested an Amazon cryptocurrency. Wow. And you think about it, and it's it's 60% of Americans. I think I have this number right. This is from my feeble memory, so, you know, bear with me. Uh, but 60% of Americans have a Prime account. And uh, I would argue that they're more trusted than Facebook. And Facebook's currency, you know, crypto was, was you know, blasted when they, when they proposed it. Amazon, maybe not so much. They haven't proposed it. I haven't even heard a rumor about it. It was just a podcast suggestion. And so I think if, if the dollar uh, has its reserve currency uh, status threatened, it's probably going to be from some sort of a cryptocurrency. So there you go. But again, I can not have make- Bezos' face on it. On my coin? <laughs> I, I <don't>, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, so I put that out there for what it's worth. Uh, thanks for the question. I hope I've been helpful. Let me know if I haven't. Uh, James V. came back uh, uh, from Pennsylvania uh, and asked about Bill O'Neill. I've talked about his books in the past, and uh, I've been a client of William O'Neill since '94, I believe. Uh, I've used uh, the Big Daily Graphs books. I've used Wanda. Uh, I use Market Smith. Now I'm a huge fan. Uh, the charts that you see here are from Market Smith, so uh, they're not paying me to say that. I just like it. Uh, and and he asked about Bill's um, dismissal. I think that was the term he used of high PEs being a problem. And um, here's the context. I mean, his can slim methodology works for many people. Uh, uh, It's also known as momentum. It works until it doesn't. So CanSlim is current uh, uh, earnings, annual earnings, something new going on, uh, new product, new service, uh, new highs in in his case, uh, a low number of shares outstanding, leadership in a particular industry, institutional sponsorship, growing institutional sponsorship, and the market overall. CanSlim not the most elegant acronym I've ever heard, but it, it it's one that I remember after all these years. And he also used the, the, the analogy of, uh, uh, he's an LA-based uh, money manager, uh, you know, hearing that Wilshire Boulevard properties were expensive, but then they were more expensive 10 years after that, and 10 years after that, and 10 years after that. And so paying up for quality, I think, was what he was saying. Um, and again, I think momentum does work until it doesn't, which is why you have to have a sell discipline. Um, and the high valuations are warranted when there are moats, competitive barriers that protect the business. Uh, the folks at Morningstar, I think, would certainly back this up. I think Warren Buffett would certainly back this up. Uh, uh, so your know, high multiples can stay high and expand much longer than you think they can. So and value managers are getting crushed by growth managers over the last 10 years. So that's the perspective that I bring to the table. Uh, uh, shorts are kerosene, meaning that if there's a high short interest, you could say all day long that stock is overvalued. Let's take Tesla. If you've been short Tesla, you've had your, your, your head handed to you. I mean 400 to 1,700 in a year. That's a painful place to be so someone who says tesla's overvalued the market doesn't care they said you're wrong and and they ripped your face off so there you go um and i go uh my, my great friend mike de uh worked with him uh, back in in uh in the 90s um and he saw the internet much more clearly than 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 virtually anybody in my opinion and we owned in the special equities fund at john hancock Uh, America Online, AOL, and Netscape uh, up to our eyeballs. I mean, I think we were the number one holders and people thought those were expensive and boy, they got more expensive right in the the face of everything. Uh, Even when the accounting issues came up uh, and controversies, the stocks just worked. So valuation is in the eye of the beholder and I wouldn't, if you you, uh, eliminate higher PE stocks entirely all the time, there's going to be a lot of years where you're not doing much of anything. All right, here's another one. Um, uh, this is from Murph, and I'm going to give you my caveats ahead of time. He asked, you know, what advice would you have as uh, these recent college graduates, like my son and Murph, are getting these benefit packages? What would you do in terms of, of, of saving, investing, spending, et cetera? All right, my caveat is, you know, I've done this well at times, and I've done this horribly at times. So I am no angel and I, you know, so this is, this is the ideal, but especially you don't have a wife, you don't have kids. This is the, the time to, to, to plan accordingly to keep it simple, Murph, I would say live below your means and pay yourself first. Now that sounds really simple, but life happens. And there are times when, when, you know, jobs go away, industries go away and times get tough. And I hope that doesn't happen to you. But again, I'd like to have you expect the best, prepare for the worst. So here's my my general thoughts. Okay, have a month of expenses in cash sitting in an account. Frankly, that you can't access with an ATM card. That would be my idea. Four hundred one k. Yeah, I would max that out as best you can, uh, and certainly max out the match that your company offers to to uh, add to the four hundred one k. Uh, because you keep money away from taxes, and that's huge. I mean, let's say your tax rate is 30%, give or take, you know, keeping that that 30% in in your account versus giving it to the government over the course of the next 40, 50, 60 years in your case, huge, absolutely huge. Um, I would have uh, half in some sort of an S&P-like vehicle, uh, and and half in a rest of world vehicle. Now most of the time, the the menu of options that they they offer in four one ks is pretty run of the mill because they you know don't want to have uh, uh, it's covering their tail to an extent. They you know they're pretty bland offerings usually. But it doesn't matter if you compound that over time in a tax free vehicle and certainly with them matching it, that builds up uh you know monstrously o- over the course of uh, uh of time so uh that would be my my general thoughts there uh pay off debts especially student loans because the 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 uh, credit hit if you're late on student loans is is monstrous then i would build 3 to 6 months of an emergency fund so when covid happens you you know have some breathing room then i'd invest in in, in an incremental tax advantage account a roth ira perhaps and then I'd invest more, and that's frankly, I think, where we come in, is you know, you have your base in, in your, your low-cost S&P or rest-of-world index fund, and then we are on the side where we are opportunistic, finding things like silver, like uranium, like esports that is far from run-of-the-mill, but offers, I think, outsized returns over time and also have fun. You know, I, some of these people like, you know, don't go to Starbucks and, 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 you know, uh, uh you know, enjoy your life. So, but pay yourself first, but I want to make sure you have fun. And, uh, I hope that's helpful. So you tell me if it is or if it isn't, uh, my, here's in my next segment, big stakes, bonds are going down and I'm, I'm I know I'm pounding this home but I believe this fervently, and I see this in, in a lot of places, and I'm not really looking for it. I mean, it, it's just, it's showing up. This is from uh, Macro Voices, great podcast. Uh, Eric Townsend, Patrick Ceresna, had a guest, Vincent uh, DeJuard, uh from Stonex, and from minutes 13 to 39, he goes through his thesis. I won't go through everything here, but uh, the, bo- the bottom line is, is that the Fang stocks cannot grow into their multiples. That's his opinion. Uh, he makes a very compelling case. I'll let you be the judge. Uh, uh, the 10-year bonds, if they rally by just 6%, uh, they can only rally by 6% if, if the Fed lowers rates and the 10-year goes to 0 and actually, the Fed can't lower rates much more than they already have. So the upside in bonds is is minuscule. And so because of that, the 60-40 portfolio, he calls it the nuclear winter for the 60-40 portfolio. I'm sure that's the Garner views. But he has a lot of data here that suggests that the 10% returns you had in this vehicle, in this strategy since 1976, will underperform inflation over the next 10 years. So I think he's right. I think bonds have have, uh, a tremendous amount of downside, and I think the risk of diversifying some portion away from fixed income is very, very small right now, and the the potential preservation of capital is is huge. So please check that out, the link's in the notes, and and look at the charts that, that he's supplied here. Uh, reporters of the week, John, this dovetails with your question. These are the folks at The Economist and uh, uh, points to uh, America's stock markets are flying, its companies still aren't. And it shows that the the large companies' earnings estimates have come down somewhat, mid, less so, and small have come down dramatically, Down. You know, roughly fifty-five, sixty percent, depending on which which stock you're looking at, and then they point to the 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 size of of uh, you know where the gains have come from, and it's basically been Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet. Uh, they're up 37 percent, depending on the day. The S and P 500 is up five, like we said, and the S and P 500, when you take out those uh, big five names, is down. So this is a very uh, narrow rally, and God bless you if you're up thirty plus percent. I think I think very few people are, in my opinion, uh, the pros and the the so-called amateurs. Um, they also talk about chief executives in China. Forty percent see sales getting back to pre-pandemic levels uh, by the end of this year. Only twelve percent of American bosses do. That makes sense to me. Um, and uh, the the the. Uh, uh, there is no alternative uh, f- mantra or fear or, or trend that is out there, I, I think is going to be, be you know, uh, met with some pain at some point down the road. So I point you to the article, take a look at that. Uh, this is in Barron's. Uh, Randall Forsyth's column talks about uh, golden tips being the best protection for a falling stock market. I won't go through all of this here, but it's the same kind of argument that thats that I've been talking about where, and this is coming from Bob Prince, by the way, who is the the, the co-head of, of Ray Dalio's Bridgewater Associates, which has used bonds as a hedge uh, against stock portfolio volatility forever, and he's saying what I've been saying, uh, that yields are a little over 50 basis points on 10 years, and there's no room to fall, so there's not going to be much room for total return in bonds, period, and I think he's, he's right, obviously. Keep going down, Mike, please. Yeah, uh, uh, uh the... Uh, and uh, having someone from Bridgewater say this, I think is is, is pretty interesting because they, they've used the, the bonds as ballast uh, technique and have been very vocal about it for years and years and years. And um, with with real yields down below zero, meaning the nominal rate, the 50 basis points you take out inflation, you're, you're, you're earning negative real returns on fixed income right now, which is why gold is doing so well because their real return at least is flat. Um oh, this is something I didn't realize. Uh China's rates are at 3%. So they have room to lower rates where we don't. And I uh I was surprised by that. I thought everybody was at zero and and uh so the chance of that Asia becomes less correlated with the US is is uh interesting. We've talked about China in the past some of the charts are intriguing. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I'm interested in that. And um while the last, you know, uh 40 years has been great for the 60-40 portfolio. Here's another source saying that time is over and tips and, and, uh, and gold are better hedges against an equity portfolio. So do with that what you will. Uh, charts of tweets of the week. This is the Apple price to sales ratio. It again is blowing through the prior highs and uh, it's just another... Uh, Sign of of how concentrated the stock market has become. Uh, it's SM, it's seven percent of the S and P five hundred is a little you know uh, nuance that you know if you're a money manager and the S and P is is uh, your benchmark, you have to own six seven eight percent of Apple or you're going to get your head kicked in. So uh, and the automatic buying that happens with the ETFs, you know, topping off and keeping that 7% the same. Uh, I just, you know, I don't know what in the world is going to knock Apple off, but it's, it's priced for perfect for perfection right now. And, um, uh, I, I, just, I was struck by this, this mountain of a chart and, uh, and again, it goes back years. So it, 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 it has validity in my opinion. And then here is um, uh, another perspective that dovetails with some of the other questions we've had uh, from Menishkata. Uh, S and P is at its uh, you know near its all time high. The top seven stocks are eight point two trillion dollars. The bottom three hundred ninety nine are eight point two trillion dollars. So those seven are driving the bus, and and don't kid yourself that uh, you're, you're terribly diversified, even in an S&P fund. Uh, even though I think that's a great base, you know, this is where we are right now, and something's going to have to give. Um, so that's what we have. Please subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at BakesTakes underscore and other social media. Please use your voice memo app. I know I asked before, but I want to do it again. Uh, tape your questions and email to Bakes at BakesTakesPodcast.com or write if you prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Uh, thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you as always. Have a great week. This is Bakes. And for much-needed levity, uh, this is Lenny Clark. and, um, if you're from Boston, you know, Lenny Clark, his accent is, is epic, even more pronounced than mine, and, uh, this is a a great link on YouTube, I recommend it, he asked Gronk, if he manscapes, uh, what are you, half dolphin, and then it gets even funnier after that, and, uh, again, I want to provide some levity in these very serious times, so that's it, see you soon, take care now, bye-bye.